Alright, we're back with another episode of the Let's Talk About It podcast. It's episode 2. And uh, today, I'm going to be talking strictly basketball, strictly NBA. So, um, yeah man, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, some trade scenarios I'd like to see. Some players I'd like to get, like to see get traded before the trade deadline. Um, want to talk about some teams who could possibly make a jump second half of the season. And uh, some other stuff. So, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to start off with some trades I'd like to see. Um, the trade deadline is March 25th. So, you know, any trades after that. Um, I believe players aren't eligible to play into the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But, yeah, trade deadline, March 25th. Um, yeah, so let's get into it. Um... First trade I'd like to see, you know, I thought about this last night, and I thought it was uh, a little random, but if you think about it, it it, it can make a huge difference. Um, Nikola Vucevic to the Knicks. Um, man, Vucevic is averaging 25, 12, and 4, uh, shooting almost 50%, over 40 from 3. Uh, he just made his second All-Star appearance. So, yeah, man, he's been doing his thing, and... Um, I mean, look at the Knicks, man. What are they, fifth in the East right now? Knicks are fifth in the East, so, you know, it looks like they're just maybe one piece away from, you know, being a contender maybe. And, you know, I mean, you add Vucevic to that team, you know, they're probably not competing for a championship, but, you know, you never know. They could shock somebody in the playoffs or something, you know. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know who the Knicks would have to give up. Um, <laughs> they got a lot of young players they could give up, though. You know, they got a lot. They got Nilakina. Kevin Knox, um, Mitch Robinson, I believe Mitch is out, is he out for the year? I believe he's out for the year, if I'm not mistaken, so, yeah, they could definitely use a replacement at that position, and, um, I mean, shit, 25, 12, and 4, you ain't gonna find a much better center than that, so, you know, Vucevic is, he's a great player, man, he's been on the Magic for a long time now, you know, been a borderline all-star his whole career, Finally made it a couple years ago, and then, you know, he made it again this year, so. You know, Vucevic's been doing his thing for a while. Very underrated player. Very underrated. Um, you add him to the Knicks, you know, he's a good passer at that position. Julius Randle's a great passer at his position. So, you know, those two will probably mix really well. They just added D-Rose. You know, they got that young guard, um, Emmanuel Quickly, been playing great. So, you know, I, I think if they were to add a piece like this, man, it could definitely... You know, get them closer to that next level. And, um, yeah, like I said before, I don't think they'd have to give up much for it. Um, I mean, they'd have to give up some pieces. Vucevic is a great player, but, you know, like I said, they got a lot of young pieces they can let go. So, you know, I, I think they could um, get rid of a couple players and still keep their, uh, you know, their main rotational pieces. So, yeah, man, I, I think that'd be a great trade for them. Uh, Vucevic, I think it's his time to go from Orlando by now, you know, they, he, he's helped them win, you know, he's got them to the, to the playoffs twice, I believe, and, uh, maybe three times, and, uh, yeah, but, I mean, hey, if he wants any chance of winning anything, he needs to go somewhere else, and I'm not saying the Knicks aren't 100% the answer, but I think he'd be a good fit there, and, you know, I, I think he'd be good for them, so, yeah, man, Vucevic to the Knicks, man, I'm all for it. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't know who the Knicks would give up, but they got players to give up, so, you know, I don't think it would take much to get them, so, and, uh, yeah, so, 
that's that on Vucevic. Um, another one I'd like to see, Drummond to the Mavs. Um, Drummond is useless in Cleveland now. Uh, Jared Allen has definitely been doing his thing. And, um, yeah, I mean, they've been said they're going to trade him. They're not even playing him. So, you know, it's just a matter of fact if anyone really wants him. I mean, look, when the Cavs traded for him last year, they gave up John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second-round pick. That's insane. So the Cavs got him for next to nothing. I don't think teams are going to offer them a lot. They might have to end up buying Drummond out, but I, I'd like to see him on the Mavs. You know, they could definitely use a center. Um, I think you could play him with Porzingis because Porzingis likes to sit outside. And, um, you know, people complain about Porzingis sitting outside all game a lot. So, you know, it won't matter if you got Drummond down, though. So, you know, Drummond rebounds like a, like a beast. So, you know... Porzingis can sit outside all he wants and shoot them threes all game, you know, so I think it'd be a great fit there, and I mean, all the times, I mean, I'm just imagine Luka off the pick and roll, you got Porzingis on the wing, you got Drummond cutting, you got whoever else in the corners, whatever, but, you know, that just gives Luka another option, and the more you give Luka, the more Luka's gonna give you, so I think Drummond would be a great fit in, um, Dallas and, uh, yeah, I don't know if there was a trade to be made. I don't know who Dallas would give up. Like I said before, the Cavs got him for next to nothing. So I'm assuming if any trade does go down, um, whatever team he gets traded to is not going to have to give up a lot for him. So I don't think the Cavs will get much back for him. But at this point, it doesn't really matter. He's not playing. Um, and even when he was playing, he was up and down. You know, he can, have, he can go for 30 and 30 or... You know, he could go for 10 points, 12 boards, play 20 minutes, get four fouls in the first half. You know what I mean? Like, he has games where he's non-existent. So. Um, but I, I think if you were to send him to a winning culture and a, um, a, a better team, he would definitely he would definitely play different. I think it would raise his morale a little bit. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when, when players of that talent get finally get to that team or that, that situation where they believe they can win, it changes everything for him, so I would definitely like to see that happen. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I I don't think he's gonna end up getting traded. I do think he's gonna end up being bought out, which would suck for the Cavs because he's making twenty eight point six mil this year, I believe. And you know, that's just a contract you don't want to have to eat up. But I mean, look, they got him for next to nothing, like I said, so it's not that big of a uh, investment for them. But, um, I mean, besides that, that 29 mil, but, you know, it, it's all right. It was a little investment for them, whatever. He's getting traded now. He's definitely not playing for them anymore. Um, but, yeah, if he is, if he does get traded, I'd like to see it be to the Mavs. Um, you know, there's a couple other teams they said were interested in him, like the Raptors and the Lakers, and I don't want to see him on the Lakers. I don't want to see him on the Lakers. I don't think he'll be a good fit. Um... He takes up too much in the paint, and, uh, you know, Anthony Davis, obviously, is on the Lakers, so, you know, I I wouldn't really like to see that, and um, I don't think LeBron would like playing with Drummond, to be honest. Um, I've watched LeBron play for my team for a long time, and, you know, LeBron usually doesn't like players like that who don't, you know, give 100% every game or um, freaking whatever, not, not, uh, yeah, sometimes he freaking sits on the uh, the end of the bench while teams are in huddles. You know what I mean? Like, not joining the team in the huddle. Not high-fiving players on the court. Like, 
you know, he's just, he's one of those guys, and, you know, LeBron is not going to want to play with somebody like that, so, I don't know, I wouldn't like him in LA, I think, um, in Dallas, I think it'd be a little better fit for him, um, I mean, hey, unless LeBron could set the man straight, it's not like he's a freaking menace in the locker room or something, or he's some horrible guy, he's just, he just doesn't have that, to me, it doesn't look like he has that work ethic, or, you know, that motivation in him that, you know, some of the great players have, so, you know, I, I if he does go to LA, something's gonna have to change. But um, I think he'd be happy in Dallas, man. I think he'd work, and I think Dallas would like him. So I would definitely like to see him go play for them. Um, I don't know who they'd have to give up. I I don't think they'd. I can't even like they could trade a bench player and a pick probably get him. You know what I mean? So they wouldn't have to give up a lot. Um, the only thing is I don't know what the cap space situation is like. So that's another story, but. Yeah, man, I'd like to see Drummond go to the Cavs. I think he'd be a, definitely be a good fit there. I mean, the Mavs. I said the Cavs. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Drummond to the Mavs, man. I'm rooting for it. Um, oh, my next one. Hmm. I seen this somewhere. I forgot where I seen it. But um, I seen this, and I was like, damn, that is, I like that. I don't know why I like it so much, but I like it. Um, Victor Oladipo to the Heat. Um, I know the Rockets just acquired Oladipo in the Harden trade recently, but, you know, there's no need for him to be there. They're not a good team. Um, they're not going to be a good team. And, um, you know, I've I seen rumors that they were looking to trade him anyway. So, um, yeah, man, I'd like to see him go to the Heat. Um, I don't know who the Heat would have to give up. They probably wouldn't have to give up much, you know. Maybe they might have to give up Duncan. Um, I think... You know what? I don't know if that's a risk you want to take. Give it up, Duncan, for Oladipo at this point in his career. But, you know, I don't know, man. I think a player like Oladipo, he'd be an amazing role player on that team. You got Butler. You got Adebayo. None's been playing out of his mind. Um, you got Hero. Um, Goran Dragic. Um, Iggy. You know, you got good players. You got good role players. But adding Oladipo to that team, he could come off the bench. He could start. It don't matter. And it would obviously do nothing but help them. Now the only thing that matters is what they'd have to give up. And um, if if the Rockets are asking for Hero, obviously not. Um, Nunn, I don't know. Kendrick Nunn is nice. I don't know if you trade him yet. Um, He was really good last year for the first half of the season, I would say, and um, maybe a little more in the first half of the season, and then as it got closer to the playoffs and in the playoffs, they started starting Dragic a little bit more, and um, even when none did play, he still played good, but he wasn't playing as much minutes, so he wasn't as effective, so, but, I mean, shit, this year he's looked good, um, so I don't know if you trade him, I don't know, do you trade none, or would you rather get rid of Robinson? You know, Duncan can shoot the lights out, but that's probably just his ceiling, you know what I mean, I mean, Robinson's ceiling can't be higher than a great three-point shooter, we know he'll never be nothing else, he'll never be athletic, you know, he'll probably never be great at attacking the basket, he'll probably never, you know, maybe he could score 20 a game, but, you know, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, it looks like his ceiling is just a really, really good to great shooter, which is no problem with that, but I think at this point, where the Heat are, I think Oladipo might, you know, I don't know, man. 
I want to say Oladipo would work there. He seems like the type of player who could, you know, go play anywhere and work with anybody. But, um, I don't know, man. The Heat seem like they have a really good chemistry going on over there. That's the only thing. And, uh, I mean, look, they made the finals last year. Took the Lakers to six. They were missing very important pieces most of the series. So, I mean, I don't know. I'd like to see Oladipo go to the Heat. But... Would it mess up their chemistry? Would it mess up what they got going on over there? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. But, if he does get traded, that's where I'd like to see him go. I'm just saying. I, I personally think it could take them over the next step. You know, it could give them that that score. You know, They got scores. Jimmy could put the ball in the basket. None could put the ball in the basket. Dragic could get buckets. Harrell could get buckets. Adebayo could do his thing. You know what I mean? So, you, I mean... Duncan Robinson is a great shooter, but is that what you need? You know what I mean? You get Oladipo, you add someone who's going to score just as much points per game as Duncan. He's not going to shoot the three as well, but he's going to score just as much points. So, you know, it might not be that big of a difference. And you get a better defender. So, and a vet on top of that. So, I mean, I, I don't really see where it could go wrong. Except for possibly messing up chemistry that's my only thing is the heat have really good chemistry especially when it comes to like duncan and jimmy and i want to say dragage those three seems like they they really like i mean duncan just seems to play well with whoever's on the court you know he's a shooter he's open he's gonna shoot it whatever he's gonna make it most of the time but it just seems like they have something special going on over there and um i don't know i don't know enough about you know the relationships to really judge that but you know basketball wise i think oladipo would be more than a great fit over there um i think he'd fit their culture also that's another thing is um you know oladipo's known as you know hard worker plays both sides of the ball you know he's a good teammate good guy you know and that's that's miami heat culture so you know i think eric spolster would love him so yeah i i would definitely like to see that uh, i would like to see that and um yeah so, uh, I got one more, and, um, this one is, uh, crazy. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm so torn in between on who I think this player should go to. I got, like, I had, like, four teams originally I wanted to see him play on, but I narrowed it down to two, and, um, that's Blake Griffin. Um, you know, Blake, he wasn't great, great this year so far. But he still had his regular flashes, you know what I mean? He had games where he got hot from three. Or, you know, he still showed he could do what he always done, whatever. But he wasn't very consistent with it. He didn't shoot great percentages. And um, he does look a little washed up. But I think a player like that could be, you know, revived with the right situation or the right role. You know, so uh, first team... I'd like to see Blake go to is the Celtics. Um, I seen the Celtics were looking to move a big, um, Tristan Thompson or Tice. I'd say they should move Tice. Um, I like Daniel Tice. He's not a bad player. Definitely shoots the three ball well. Um, good defender. Knows how to play his role. Definitely fits on that Celtics team too. But if you're gonna move a big man, I'd probably move Tice first. Um. Because Griffin likes to spend a lot of time on the outside nowadays. 
And, you know, I think the spacing would be a little better if you had Griffin and Thompson instead of Griffin and Tice. And uh, also, Tice is only 6'8". So, you get rid of Thompson. You got Robert Williams. You can move Robert Williams into the starting lineup. Now, you get rid of Thompson, what do you do? You move Robert Williams to the starting lineup and start him with Griffin. Or you can start him with Tice and leave things the same and bring Blake Griffin off the bench. So, I mean, honestly, either or... Either way, it works. You can get rid of Tice, start Griffin and Thompson, have Robert Williams off the bench, or you could trade Thompson and, you know, have Robert Williams starting with Blake Griffin or Tice. You know, and that gives you options. So, I mean, listen, Blake Griffin is still a vet. He could probably still dunk the shit out of the ball. I haven't seen much of it this year, but I'm sure he could still do it. Uh, he shoots a three ball a little better now. And, um... Yeah, I mean, the Celtics have looked a little iffy so far this season. So, you know, I think they can maybe use a vet that, you know, just knows how to play his role. And um, he would just have to be consistent with it, you know. He'd have to be consistent with it because I think that's what they need is some consistency. You know, it's like every night I see one of the stars in the Celtics having a bad game. It's like very rarely do you see Tatum, Kemba, and Jalen Brown all play well together. You know what I mean? So... It's like, oh, Brown had 30, Tatum had 25, Kemba had 15 and shot 5 of 17. You know what I mean? Or Kemba had 25, Brown had 30, and Tatum shot, you know, 6 of 18, whatever. It's like, it seems like all three of them can't seem to get it right in the same game. So, you know, and I, I think if you add a vet like Blake Griffin, he might be able to take some slack off those guys, you know what I mean? He's not going to score 20 a game. But he might be able to just be that right role player that just sometimes, you know, gives Kemba and Tatum and Brown some, you know, just makes them feel better about, all right, you know, we might not have it going, but we got this guy, you know, he's a vet, he's been doing this for a while, you know, he can still do his thing. So, you know, I think they just need a piece like that. And, um, you know, I, I think Blake would fit well there. I do. I think he would fit well there. Um, I don't think his role would have to be too big. I think, um, you, like I said, you could bring him off the bench. You could start him. Um, you know, just ask Blake to give you what you need from him, and I'm pretty sure he can do it. You know what I mean? He's not that old. He's turned. He, I think he turns 32. Actually, I think his birthday is in about two weeks, so he's turning 32 very soon. Um, that is getting up there a little bit, especially for a player who's known to be like a high flyer and uh, you know an athletic type of player. So, you know, players like that don't usually play too long. You know, bad knees. You know bad legs in general, whatever, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think he'd be good for the Celtics, I think he'd fit well, and, um, I think they could afford to give someone up, I mean, they wouldn't have to give up much to get him, but they'd have to give up something, um, you know, and I, I see Tice or Thompson, I'd have no problem with it, you know, I, I think Blake would be a good fit there, so, and I, I think that, you know, giving up Tice or Thompson and getting him back doesn't hurt the Celtics too much, and I think it could help improve them, because, um, you know, especially if you give up Thompson, because now that I'm looking at it, you, you give up Thompson, I think it's time for Robert Williams to get more time anyway. Robert Williams has been playing really good, and he's been improving a lot over the last couple of years, too, which is very important. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think I think it would work really well. I think either way. You know, you give up Tice, you give up Thompson, doesn't matter. I think you can make it work. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the first team I think Blake could go to. Now, the second one... I don't know. They don't need Blake, but I would love to see it happen. I would love to see it happen, and I think everybody else would too. 
Um, the second team I'd like to see him go to is the Suns. Um, reunite him with Chris Paul. Why not? You know, him and Chris Paul kind of, when they came together in L.A. the first time, well, the first and only time, but when they first came together in L.A., you know, Blake was young, and, um, you know, he hadn't won yet. He hadn't won anything yet, you know. And Chris Paul had been in New Orleans for a while, and he hadn't won shit either. And they didn't win shit together. But they definitely did win a little bit together, you know. They won more together than they have apart. Mm, maybe not Chris Paul as much, but Blake at least for sure, obviously. But, um, yeah, man, reunite them. Why not? Maybe that will rejuvenate Blake Griffin a little bit. You know, maybe that gives him a little extra motivation. You know, he sees Chris, you know, still doing his thing, even winning more now than he did on the Clippers back then with Blake. You know, maybe Blake looks at that like, damn, you know, we were two stars together, except I was five years younger, and somehow Chris is still doing it longer than me, you know, and maybe he'll go to Phoenix and be like, hey, you know, this just gives me more motivation, you know, it's my old teammate, you know, he's still doing it. Just as good as he was doing it when he played with me. And um, they're a good team. They're second in the West. You know. You put them at the four. I mean they got Jay Crowder. Um, Jay Crowder's a really good uh, rotational piece. And um, you know you can bring him off the bench. You can start him. Um, he does start for them. But you know maybe you can bring Blake off the bench. It doesn't really matter. You know I just think. Like I said earlier. I don't think you'd have to give up a lot to get Blake. So, it doesn't really matter, you know, because if you don't have to give up a lot, why wouldn't you take Blake Griffin? You know what I mean? Not every team would want him, but I think a team like the Suns who, you know, they're just, you know, this, this is their first time being good in a, in a while. So, they got young players in that team that have never experienced, you know, the playoffs and, um, or any big games at all. And, um... You know, Chris Paul's a veteran. Um, they got some other veterans on that team. You know, Dario Saric, been in the league for a little while now. Um, I wouldn't call Booker a vet yet. He's getting there. But, um, yeah, I mean, add another vet. Why not? You know what I mean? Um, I think it's something they could use. Um, you know, I think the fourth position is probably their weakest. So, I mean, Blake Griffin is not a huge improvement from Jay Crowder. Listen, Jay Crowder's been a great for teams the last couple years every team he's been on has won so you know he was great for the heat last year he was great for the celtics when he played for them you know and and they all won games so he's a good piece to have you know if he's your worst player in your starting lineup you're not mad at that so i mean listen you can keep jay crowder in the starting lineup you know you can put jay crowder at six man don't matter you can play blake griffin at the six man you know i think either or it's going to improve your team because like i said earlier you're not going to have to give up a lot for him. So, if you can find a way to keep, you know, Jay Crowder, Cameron Johnson, Sarge, Chris Paul, Booker, Aiton, Bridges, you keep all those players, you know, your main pieces, and add Griffin, you know, it, things can only get better. So, you know, I would definitely like to see Blake in Phoenix. Um, I think it'd be interesting. But like I said earlier, they don't need him. You know, they're second in the West. They're beating good teams. They're obviously going to be a really good team the rest of the season. So, um, they don't need him. I think the Celtics could use him a little more than Phoenix, but I would definitely like to see him in Phoenix. It'd be interesting. So, 
uh yeah that's that on that and uh yeah those are my possible trade scenarios to happen before the deadline so yeah next i'm going to talk about teams who could make a jump um in the playoff contention uh these are all teams that aren't in playoff contention right now but um yeah these teams i do believe either have a chance to make a jump or will make a jump and uh yeah so my first team is the grizzlies um listen the grizzlies were a really good team last year especially for how young they were um you know they got a lot of good young pieces dylan brooks brandon clark uh ja um the anthony melton xavier tillman um you know they got pieces so um you know they ja has only played i can't remember how many games but he missed some uh he only missed about eight or nine games i think but he missed some time um justice winslow just came back he's only played five games this year um i think melton was out for a little while and he's a really good bench piece for them really good bench piece and um yeah they got kyle anderson out right now they got grayson allen out right now i believe and um yeah i believe they get these pieces back second half of the year um, they just got a couple important pieces back, and, um, yeah, I think they'll be fine. I, I think they'll definitely finish, um, somewhere in the top eight, you know, probably seven or eight, but, um, I do think they'll make that jump. I do think the first half of the year, they got a little unlucky with injuries, and, um, you know, I, I can't, I don't think they were one of the teams with any of the COVID-related issues, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I know they had a lot of injuries, so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's just derailed them a little bit. Um, you know, their record still isn't that bad. They're still sub-500, so, you know, they're fine. They're fine. Listen, Ja, Ja hasn't been insane, insanely good this year. You know, he hasn't made a huge jump from last year, but you know he's thinking about that right now. You know what I mean? It's the all-star break, so he's got a lot of time to sit and think, and he's probably sitting and thinking, damn, you know, I'm, do I'm, I'm a little better than last year, but I could be a lot better. You know, a lot of those players who have those great rookie years and show a lot in the rookie year usually tend to make a huge jump their second year. You know, you see Donkic, you see Trey Young, you know, a couple people who always make that jump their second year. So, you know, Ja hasn't really had that statistically yet. Um, you know, he has games and he has flashes, but, you know, statistically he hasn't had that, like, you know, that huge jump, you know, I think he's averaged about two or three more points a game than he did last year, um, maybe a assist or two more, but, you know, nothing crazy, nothing crazy, so I think, um, I think Jaws due for a big second half of the season, and, um, I think that whole team is due for a big second half of the season, you know, they're very young, they're very young, so, you know, they're, I think they're due, I think, you know, I think they're a very smart team, too, I don't know what it is, but when I watch them play, they look very smart. I don't know if it's the coaching. You know, it must be. But even, like, just the players. They look like they know what they're doing. They look like they know their roles. They look like, you know, they know where to be at all times. And um, they look confident, especially for their age. You know, they're all young. You know, Ja, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks. Like, all three of them are under 25, I believe. And, you know, those are their three best players. And, um, you know, they, they should have made the playoffs last year. I think if um they didn't do the bubble, the Grizzlies probably would have ended up making the playoffs. And uh, yeah, I think they're like I said, I think they're due. I think um you know they definitely got what it takes. And as long as they stay healthy, they'll be just fine. Um, 
next team I'd like to see make a jump. Um, and, you know, I'm really hoping this team makes a jump because if they disappoint me, I'm going to be very mad. But um, the Pelicans, um, the Pelicans, listen, I don't know how they haven't won more games. Their team is as stacked as almost any team in the league. All right, let me not say almost any team in the league, but they're deep. They got the right players in the right spots, and they have two of the top 20 players in the league easily, if not maybe the top two top 15 players in Zion and Brandon Ingram. So, this team should be winning a lot more. Look, you just added Eric Bledsoe. You know, yeah, they lost Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday is a lot better than Eric Bledsoe, too. I'll tell you that. Drew Holiday is definitely a lot better of a player than Eric Bledsoe. But, Eric Bledsoe is still a good piece. And, you know, he's definitely manageable. You got Lonzo. You got Steven Adams. That's another great pickup. You got Josh Hart off the bench. You got Jackson Hayes off the bench. You got J.J. Redick off the bench. You got shooters, you got defense, you got a point guard, you got Zion, you got a scorer in Ingram, you got a manageable vet point guard in Eric Bledsoe, and you got a manageable center in Steven Adams, defense and rebounding. So, you know, things, I don't know what it is with the coaching. Um, I don't know if it is the coaching, but this team needs to be winning more games, and um, yeah. I think they're definitely due for, you know, a big jump second half of the season. They're definitely due. I don't know if it's definitely going to happen. You know, I think it should. But this team, they don't play no defense for one. They need to start playing some defense. They start playing defense, they could maybe be a top five seed in the West. You know what I mean? So all it takes is, you know, maybe some experience for them or, you know, maybe just, I don't know, something that needs to take them off, you know, something that gives them, you know, some more motivation or something, I don't know, because I think this team should be a top five team in the West, I said it in my last podcast, I think Zion is amazing, and um, Brandon Ingram is very, very good, and Lonzo Ball has improved a lot, um, yeah, Lonzo, another person I wanted to talk about, he's averaging 15 points, five assists, four boards, on 43%, 40% from three, and 75 from free throw. Um, a lot of improvement from Lonzo this year. Um, 40% is a career high from three, 75% is a career high from free throw, and I believe 43% is a career high from the field. So, yeah, a lot of improvement from Lonzo this year. Um, he's averaging almost three more points a game than he did last year. Um, oh, his turnovers. Um, he's down one whole turnover from last year. He's below three, I think. I believe he averages two-something, but yeah, his turnovers are down. His free throw percentage is at a career high. Three-point percentage at a career high. Field goal percentage at a career high. So, and, and don't get any better for that. Big improvement for Lonzo. I'm very proud of him. Um, I've always liked Lonzo a lot. Love his game. Uh, great passer. Really good defender. And, uh, just a high IQ player, which, you know, I love. So, yeah, I'm, uh... Yeah, I got big hopes for this team and big hopes for Lonzo, so, yeah, um, yeah, so that's that on the Pelicans, I hope they make that jump, uh, I do root for them often, so, um, this next team, um, this next team, I don't know, I, I, I think they could make the jump, um, I, we're gonna find out, because this team has capability of also being a very good team, but they faced a little injury bugs, and, you know, 
they uh they seem to get a little unlucky here and there. I'm not gonna lie to you. So, um, the Chicago Bulls. Um, listen, Zach Levine, man, Zach Levine, twenty nine five and five on the year, first All Star appearance, and he's just killing it. Oh my God, Levine is just going crazy. I don't know what got into him this year, but he is. He's looking like a top 10 player in the league some nights, you know what I mean? Most nights, to be honest. And, um, I think, you know, he could take this Bulls team somewhere. It's just they, I don't know what they're missing. I don't know if it's vets or if it's just been injuries that's been messing them up or, you know, it's just youth, whatever it is. But this team could be really good. Listen, they, they haven't had Larry Markin in for a while now. He's been injured. Um, he's averaging 19 and 6 on the season. Um,. Kobe White, another very good young player. Um, I like what he's doing. His, you know, he could work on his field goal percentage a little bit, but um, you know, he doesn't turn the ball over too much. Um, you know, he has, you know, moments where he definitely looks like he could give you thirty in a night. Um, you know, he was very good second half of the season last year, so you know he'll probably. I'm assuming he'll make another big jump second half of the season this year. Um, there's a lot of players like that. A lot of players, you know tend to, you know, be eh, first half of the season. You kind of don't even notice they're there half the time. And, you know, some people are just second-half guys. Some people are second-half guys in games. Some people are second-half guys in seasons. So, um, yeah, I think Kobe White has what it takes to um, be a very good starting point guard for a while in this league. And, um, you know, I, I think the Bulls, well, they got that dude um, Patrick Williams. They drafted him this year. He's definitely looked all right. I've seen um, some good games from him. Uh, Wendell Carter, he's he's looked alright. I know he's pretty good on defense. Um, I haven't watched him play enough to um, really judge his game that much. But from what I see in stats, you know, it looks like he does his thing. But he's had a little trouble staying staying on the court. Also, um, Thad Young, Thad Young's been playing really good for them off the bench. Um, I forgot Thad Young was in the league. I wouldn't have been able to tell you he was on the Bulls. Um, but I just seen recently he's been playing really well this year, and um, I like that for Thad. You know, Thad's been a good player in this league for a long time, so I like to see that from him. Um, who was that guard? They Sadaransky. He's nice. I like him a lot. Um, damn, I feel like I'm missing somebody. I know they got Hutchinson, Otto Porter. Um, I still feel like I'm missing somebody, but that Bulls team, man, they're good. They got a good chance to um you know make a jump second half of the season um i do believe when marketing comes back you know he's a big difference maker and um yeah i mean shit zach levine only got more motivation after making the all-star team you know what i mean after making an all-star team the only next step from there is winning so you know i think it's time that you know the bulls do some winning i think they could do it you know I, I do think they're good enough and um yeah i mean they might just be one piece away you know they might they might be that they might need one more piece you know, they, they can make a trade or something. You never know. They got some players they could give up. You know, they got, um, you know, I wouldn't, I would, hey, I, if I was them, I, I'd give up Wendell Carter for a good player. Definitely. Wendell Carter's still very young. Um, he hasn't shown that he's a bust or anything, so, you know, his talent's still up in the air. Um, yeah, why not? You know, give him up. You know, who knows what you can get back. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do, but, you know, it, they could, I would, I would like to see them make a trade. You know, I think you can definitely take them to that next level. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I like the Bulls. I got to watch them play a little more. I haven't watched them play too many times this year. But, you know, I, I got to watch them play because I, I, I've honestly been dying to watch that Levine play. 
I've been seeing his numbers, and I'm like, damn, yo, this dude is just, you know, I gotta start watching these games, because you're putting up 35-plus on around the regular, man, you know, that's must-see TV right there, so, yeah, man, I, I think the Bulls definitely have a good chance to make a little jump second half of the season, so, yeah, um, one more team who can make a jump, uh, the Atlanta Hawks, uh, this is another team who's, like the Pelicans, who's underachieving a lot this year, um, they just fired their head coach, Lloyd Pierce, who a lot of people are coming out about, and they're saying it was, you know, um, a very bad decision by the Hawks basketball-wise, and, you know, personally, because a lot of people, you know, I've seen Lloyd Pierce get a lot of respect around the league, especially from, um, a lot of, uh, you know, well-known head coaches and stuff, so, you know, it, it looks like the Hawks might have made a bad decision on that one, but, um, hey, I mean, they are underachieving, I can tell you that, so, doesn't mean it was the coach. Doesn't mean it was the coach. Could be the players. I don't know. When I watch them play, they look a little... They, the talent's there, obviously. They got a crazy good roster. It's very underrated. Um, They're very deep. Very deep and also very young. Um, But yeah, I mean, I can't tell you what it is. I can't pinpoint what their problem is exactly. Um, But yeah, I mean, I mean they got Trey Young. They got Kevin Huter. They got Cam Reddish, John Collins, uh, Gallinari, Rondo, Bogdanovich. I mean, I know that Gallinari was out for a while. Bogdanovich has been out for a while. Rondo was also out for a while. Um, Cam Reddish was out. I believe John Collins might be out too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they've definitely had some injuries, but even when they were healthy, I've seen them lose a couple games they should have won. So, you know, I don't know if the injury bug is the real reason why they've been underachieving. Um, like I said, they're very deep, so, you know, even when they got players out, they got players, so, you know, they're very, oh, DeAndre Hunter, I forgot about DeAndre Hunter, I had to throw him in there, because I like him a lot, I've watched him play a couple times this year, and he's, he's very good, um, he might be the second or third best player on that team by next year, um, but yeah, man, I mean, Hawks got the pieces, they got the pieces, like I said, they're young, they're young, but they just added some vets this year, and, um, yeah, I expect them to make a jump. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs, but I do expect them to definitely look a lot better in the second half than they did in the first half. Um, but yeah, man, I, I like that team. I like that team. Um, I like Cam Reddish a lot. Um, I love Bogdanovich. I liked him on the Kings a lot. Um, I'm not a big Trey Young fan. Uh, he's a very good player. Very good, but, you know, his antics with the whole fake and the foul shit i'm not gonna get into it but yeah he's um he's pretty ridiculous with it um but john collins john collins is very good uh yeah man they're young they're exciting they got the pieces they got depth they got vets now um yeah i, I think they'll definitely be fine i think they'll definitely make some type of jump in the second half and uh yeah i hope to see it i hope to see it and uh yeah so that's that on teams I'd like to see make a jump second half of the season. Uh, one more thing to talk about. I got one last thing I want to talk about for a little while. Um, something I was actually really waiting to talk about on this podcast. Because this kid, I mean, geez, this kid, man. he's He might be one of my favorite players in the league already. Um, I'm really loving his game. And I really, really like watching him play. Um, LaMelo. Oh, man, LaMelo, man. This kid is crazy good. This kid is crazy good. Look, I haven't seen a point guard look this confident 
at this young. You know, Ja looked really confident last year, but LaMelo looks cocky confident, okay? And that's just a different type of confident. Like, this kid is out there making it look easy against grown men. This kid is 19 years old. I I can't tell if he weighs over 200 pounds or not. He's skinny as hell. But this kid is straight balling this year. Like, balling. Like, I mean, you all see it. This kid, yo, what what is he averaging? 16, 6, and 6 on 45% from the field, 38 from 3, and 80 from the free throw line, and almost two steals a game. So, he's playing defense. He's shooting the three well. He's passing the ball really well. And he's I've seen him hit clutch shots. He's scoring the ball at a good rate, good efficiency. And he just got put in the starting lineup, what, a month or so ago? So, I mean, he, this is only the start for LaMelo. Look, this kid, his ceiling is insane. I've been telling a lot of people like um I've been telling a lot of people this and uh nobody has really agreed with me yet, but he reminds me of Magic Johnson, who could score more. You know, the way he runs the break just reminds me of Magic. The type of passes he throws, the no looks, the alleys, whatever. Like, that's what he reminds me of, man. When I first watched, like, his first fast break, I remember, like, he threw this pass. I think it was in the preseason, actually. And the first thing I thought of was freaking Magic Johnson. I was like, wow. Why did that just give me, like, one of those little, like, flashbacks where you see, like, the Magic Johnson replay at the same time as the LaMelo replay, and it, you know, it looks exactly the same like they used to do with Kobe and Jordan all the time, like, that's what it just reminded me of, and it got me excited, it got me really excited, so, yeah, I like LaMelo a lot, and, um, like I said, man, his game really excites me, you know, anybody who knows me knows I love a great passer, and, uh, especially a passer who can score at the same time, it just don't get no better than that, so, yeah, man, I love LaMelo, um, he's, uh, I read he's one of only three players under 20 in NBA history to have over 20 points, 10 assists, 5 boards in multiple games. Uh, the other two were Luka and LeBron, obviously two great players, and he's also the only, only one of three rookies to ever hit over 7 threes in a game and have over 10 assists in the same game. Uh, the only other two to do that were Curry and J. Kidd. So, I mean, just look at the names that, you know, we're involving him with already. Um, once you're, I mean, what did we, half a season? Not even technically half a season. We're about 35 games through, and he's already in the same likes as Curry, Kidd, LeBron, and Luka. You know, I, I don't think you could say much more about that. So, I mean, look, the ceiling for this kid, I have no idea what it is. Um, I do think he's a top 10 point guard in the league right now. Um, and I do think he'll be a top 5 point guard in the league by next year. So, that's my bold statement of the day. And, yeah, I love LaMelo. Not gonna lie. This kid's game is great. This type of game is one of my favorite type of games. And I love Lonzo, too. Lonzo's a great player, don't get me wrong. But LaMelo is clearly better than him already. So, yeah, I mean... I don't know, man. I, I just, I can't wait to see what LaMelo has in his bag for not just this year, but the rest of his damn career because that kid is special. I think he's definitely, shit, he might be the best player in Hornets history by the by the end of the week. <laughs> I couldn't even say that. That was so ridiculous. I couldn't even say it. He might be the best player on the Hornets by the end of the year. I mean, the best one. <laughs> 
man, I can't even get it out. I'm I'm too ridiculous for this, but he might be the best player in Hornets franchise history by the end of the season. No disrespect to Kemba. But that's how I'm going to close out this podcast. So, thank you to everyone who listened. And, uh, yeah, episode two. I thought it went really well. And um, I hope everyone who listened to episode one enjoyed it and uh, keeps on listening. Thank you.